Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. For the past two weeks, Colin, we've been talking about the church. What are God's purposes for his church? What are the ministries in the church? Now, linking with those two weeks, we're going to have a look at the letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation and see if they have anything to say to us today, to the contemporary church today. Well, the word of God is eternal, so I'm sure we'll find that there is much here that speaks right into the present-day situation of the church. Uh, Let's understand this just before we begin, that Of course, a good chunk of the New Testament consists of letters written to various churches uh, by Paul, Peter, James, and John especially. So a lot of our knowledge of God's purpose for his church comes from the New Testament itself. Now, the uniqueness of these seven letters in chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation is that they are not words from one of the apostles written to the church, but they are words from God himself, from the Spirit of God himself. Of course, the whole book of Revelation is this amazing vision that John was given of heaven and, of course, all that is going to happen in the future before the end of time. So uh, the whole book is prophetic. Now, to say that it's prophetic means that it's God speaking from his heart to the hearts of his people. So here are seven prophetic letters, not the letters that originate from the writings of any of the apostles, but that originate from the heart of God himself. They are written to seven churches uh, in the area that we know as Asia Minor. Uh, And of course, there, there is not very much evidence of any of these churches today Uh, but they were very significant churches uh, at the time of the New Testament. They reveal something about the nature of God, first of all, that he is a God who addresses himself to the particular circumstances, not only of individual believers, but corporately of his church and that he has a distinctive message to his church in each of these locations. Secondly, they are addressed to the angels of these various churches. Now, this um, is really a matter of controversy as to how we are to interpret this. The word in, in Greek, angelos, means a messenger, So, uh, is this right to translate that word as angel or messenger? I don't think it really matters because what is clear is that God does watch over 
not only individuals, but his church. I believe that there are angels that God wants to use to guide his church, to keep his church, to preserve his church in, in many areas. There's all kinds of things that are going on in the unseen spiritual world that we don't know about and I don't think really we understand and probably never will understand until uh, we are part of that whole spiritual dimension ourselves when we're in heaven. So let's understand this, that these are words written by God to the churches for whom he is concerned. And just one more thing in, in sort of general introduction. Uh, the pattern that God follows is obviously a very good one. He always begins with the positive. He encourages them. He says to the people in these churches, this is what is good, I know about it, I see it, and I commend you for these things. But then, in love, of course, he brings the words of correction that they need. He calls them to repent and then uh, warns them how important it is that they heed the voice of his spirit. So, no matter how the message is delivered, it is God himself, by his spirit, speaking to the churches in each of these locations. The first one is the church in Ephesus. Now, of course, we have the wonderful letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Um, it is quite clear from, from Paul's um, letters that the church at Ephesus was a really good church. It was a well-taught church. Uh, the doctrine that the letter to the Ephesians contains is absolutely wonderful. Um, the, the revelation of who we are in Christ and of the inheritance that we have in Christ, of, of the position that God has given us once we have believed in Jesus Christ when he is our Lord and Savior. So what does the Spirit of God say? Probably some years later, 20, 30 years after Paul's letter to the Ephesians, what is the Spirit of God saying then? Well, let's read. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So here is the first part of the letter, which is thoroughly positive. Now, of course, uh, the Lord is addressing these seven churches, seven stars, seven lampstands. The Lord it holds them in his hand. He walks among them. Uh, he is intimately involved in their circumstances. He is concerned about them. Now, what does he commend them for? Because 
If God commended His church then for these things, then He would commend His church now for these things. First of all, He says, "I know your deeds." So, these are the works. Remember that the church is called not to hold services, but to do the work of the kingdom in the world. Uh, services are, are but a small part of what a church should be involved in. That's when we come together to meet with God and to be empowered with Him for the work. But of course, the whole emphasis in the New Testament is on the work of the church. What we do because we are the kingdom people of God, those whom He has saved and called to reach the world with the gospel. So He says, "I know your deeds. I know what you're doing. Your hard work." So this is a good church if it's a hard-working church. The same is true today. Good churches are hard-working churches. I don't mean the pastors and the leaders are working hard. I mean all the people are working hard. Everybody is involved, not just in working hard in the, in in doing a job in the world, but they are devoted to the work of the kingdom. They are using whatever resources they have of time, of money, and energy, and effort, and Uh, so on to actually fulfill God's commission, because if you belong to the church, then you're part of God's call upon the church. So He knows their hard work and their perseverance. They don't give up. Oh my goodness, isn't that a word for the church today? Because people so easily give up when the going gets difficult, when there's persecution, when there's opposition, when there's difficulties, because. People in their faith can be so self-centered and so selfish. You know, all they want is for the church to be serving their ends and to be meeting their needs. They want the kind of worship they like and the kind of prayer meeting they like and and the kind of pastor that they like. You know, it's like a consumer society. Well, that all that kind of thinking is really an abomination to the Lord. He wants a people that are devoted. To the work of the kingdom, and are prepared to love one another in order to engage together in uh, the work of the kingdom.、Uh, we we've got to get out of this selfish consumer mentality and realize God has saved us to do His work in the world. Then we can enjoy heaven. So he's commending them for their work and their perseverance. He knows that you cannot tolerate wicked men. Now that is another word to the church today, because there is so much tolerance of sin within the church. And of course, if you tolerate sin within the church, then that weakens the whole witness of the church. And we have to say that sin is what God acknowledges as sin, not what man. Uh, regards as sin, we don't set the standard. God sets the standard, so His word is absolutely indispensable for us to understand what is sin in God's eyes and what is right in God's eyes. So、uh, there is to be no tolerance of sin. If sin is uncovered in the church, repentance is needed so that God's people can be forgiven, that the sin is cleansed out of the church.、Uh, and you've only got to look at the Acts of the Apostles to see what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, to see to what lengths God was prepared to go to get sin out of the church, so we can have a really powerful witness of righteousness in the world. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 